We are in a series called Big Promises. God says you are, you have, you can, and you will. Message number one, you are forgiven. God's answer to guilt. Message number two, you are never alone. God's answer to fear. Message number three, you have a way out. God's answer to temptation. Message number four, you have a great future. God's answer to failure. Message number five, you can learn to forgive. God's answer to resentment. And the message this morning, number six, you can have peace. God's answer to anxiety. Well, open your Bibles, please. If from this morning, just keep them open. Keep them open in Philippians chapter four. Let's just venture on down a few more verses. You can do more than you think God's answer to despair. You can do more than you think God's answer to despair. My text tonight is only one verse of Scripture, Philippians 4.13, which in the King James says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The NIV says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. J.B. Phillips, I am ready for anything through the strength of the one who lives within me. And the 20th century version says, nothing is beyond my power in the strength of him who makes me strong. My observation is that this verse is an old friend, an old friend. We have known this verse forever and ever. Most of us learned it in Sunday school when we were very, very young. We can sing it. We can recite it. We have memorized it. Again, cross-stitched. It's maybe on a poster. It may be in a little meme. It may be the wallpaper for, uh, for your computer. I mean, this is a verse everybody knows. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Maybe, maybe the place to begin is to observe that there are times when maybe We can know a verse of the Bible too well, if you'll allow me to say that. It is possible that you can know a verse of the Bible so well that it has lost its power to amaze you. I mean, you can hear Romans 8.28 so many times that though you know what it says, it no longer moves your heart. You can read John 3.16 so many times, the very same thing can happen. You can memorize the 23rd Psalm and you can come to know it so well. That though you know the words and though you can say it by memory, it has lost its power to challenge, to encourage, to convict. So tonight, I want to ask the question, is this verse really true? Is this verse really true? We know what it says, but can you really do all things through Christ? Is this just wishful thinking? Is this kind of some kind of religious propaganda? Is it literally true? And if it is literally true, in what sense is it actually true? I think our problem, to the extent that we have a problem with this verse, is number one, Paul is way too confident. I can do all things, all things. And he is too broad. I can do all things. Paul, you want to you back that up a little bit? What do you say, Mr. Paul? All things, most things, some things, is this hyperbole or is it literally true? Is this a verse you can build your life on? This is clearly a promise from God, but in what sense? And really, 
really, in light of all that we've talked about. This world situation, this crisis moment in world history, is this a verse that we can rely on in a moment like this? I want to give you four answers and four principles. Four answers to that question. Can we really do all things in Christ? Four answers and four principles. Answer number one is, you can if you want to. You can if you want to. I call this the principle of personal desire. Paul is very clear. I can do all things. Before you can, you must want to. Before the deed, there must be the desire. There is an important lesson here. You've got to really want something. You've got to have a focus. In another place, Paul said, this one thing I do. And I understand, I understand. This is not the end of the story, but it is the place where you have to begin. After all, the Bible in a number of places talks about the seeking heart. You will seek me and God says, you will find me if what? You seek me with all your heart. So the issue of personal desire is actually quite a big issue in the Bible. If you want it badly enough, you have a fighting chance of getting it. If you don't really care, then it probably won't happen. So many people who say they want to do certain things don't really want to. Now, I am not a counselor. In no sense am I a counselor. But over the many years of my ministry, I have talked and talked with people with their problems. They've written to me. They call me. They come see me. And I just listen and try to give a little insight. I can certainly make this observation based on the people I've talked to. If you've got a problem in your life, you are going to get better if you stop saying can't and you start saying won't. You will get better faster if you stop saying can't and start saying won't. Once you start saying won't, you put the matter in the right framework. Now, we say, I can't forgive. We say, I can't find time to read the Bible. We say, I can't witness for the Lord. But when you say, I won't, instead of can't, at least you've started in the right place because you've started to tell the truth. For many of us, so much of the time, can't is simply a convenient excuse. Is it possible for you to do all things this year? Yes, it is. But you must want to. That's step number one, the principle of personal desire. Can you really do all things? Answer number two. And we go down deeper now. You can if God wants you to. This is the principle of divine direction. Divine direction. It's very clear in the text. I can do all things through Christ. This verse is not a blank check. It's not as if Paul is saying, I can do anything I can dream up. This is not a name it and claim it verse from the Bible. No, look, if you read this chapter, read the context, it's very clear. Paul is speaking about the varying and sometimes difficult circumstances of life. In verse 11, he says, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Well, Paul, what do you mean by that? Well, Uh, You know, the NIV gives you one way, ESV gives it to you another way. Verse 12, here's a different version. Verse 12, sometimes I have a roof over my head and sometimes I don't. I've been laid up sick and I've had good health. I've eaten like a king. I've had nothing on my plate. I've had money in the bank 
I've been flat broke. And I've learned to be content no matter what my situation might be. That, by the way, is from the PRT, the Pastor Ray translation. But that's approximately what the Apostle Paul is saying in verse 12. He says, in this situation, or it's polar opposite. It doesn't matter. I've had it all. I've had nothing. Plenty to eat. I've been starving. I've been healthy. I've been sick. And through it all. God has taught me in every situation how to be content. Then verse 13, I have learned through the power of Jesus Christ that I can face whatever comes my way, which means if it's good, I can enjoy it. If it's not so good, I can deal with it. Why? Because I have access, Paul is saying, to the everlasting strength of Jesus Christ. So let me put this teaching in one sentence. Through Jesus Christ, you can do everything God wants you to do this week. You can face everything he wants you to face. You can fight every battle he wants you to fight. You can obey every command. You can endure every trial. You can overcome every temptation through Jesus Christ. So then let me share a simple phrase with you. And maybe this is worth writing down. If God is in it, you can do it. If God is in it, you can do it. That does bring it all together, doesn't it? If God is in your difficulty, you can face it. If God is in your failure, you can overcome it. If God is in your dreams, your dreams will come to pass. If God is in your goals, you can achieve every one of them. If God is in your prayers, he will not only hear them, he will also answer them. So here's the question again. Can you really do all things? Answer number three. You can if you rely on Jesus Christ. This is the principle of divine enablement. Divine enablement. Here's the heart of the verse. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ. And that wonderful last phrase, who gives me strength. And sometimes it's said the other way, who strengthens me. It's a participle in the Greek, if you are interested in that. It has the idea of taking strength and pouring it into something. That's somehow helpful to me. It's like you have a pitcher and you have a cup. And you've got sweet tea in the pitcher. And you want to get it into the cup. What do you do? You take the pitcher and you pour it into the cup. That's the exact picture here in Philippians 4, 13. It's Christ will pour his strength into you. It's the idea you and I are empty. We're going to be filled from an outside source. That, my friends, is you and me in our natural state. You and me, we are empty. You and me, we are helpless. Along comes Jesus Christ. And he says, my child, if you will trust me, my eternal omnipotent strength will be poured into you. You will get strength that comes from another place. Understand. Philippians 4.13 is not PMA. It's not positive mental attitude. Paul is not saying here, if you can dream it, you can do it. Here's a question. How far will PMA get you when you lose your job, when you come home and your wife has left you, when the stock market crashes, when your daughter has just decided to have an abortion? 
Where's the hope for life? What will you cling to then? How will you find the strength to go on? Where is the anchor for your soul? It takes more than positive thinking. You've got to have Christ on the inside. So, some questions. Are we who believe stronger than other people? No, we're not. Are we better than other people? No, we're not. Are we spared the problems of life? No, we're not. Are we tougher than others? No, we're not. Does God give us a free pass from the, from, from the difficulties of life? No, he doesn't. Are we wiser than others? No, we're not. Are we exempt from the coronavirus? Most clearly, we are not. Do we suffer? Yes. Do we know heartache and disappointment? Yes. Do we see our dreams crumble? Yes. Do we face opposition? Yes. Do we get sick? Yes. Do our loved ones die? Yes. Do we know tragedy, tears, and death? Yes. All that anyone else suffers, we suffer too. So the question is, in light of all the suffering in the world, it's a question for today. It's a question to ponder at this very moment in history. What makes the difference? One thing and one thing only Jesus Christ within. We have the power of the indwelling Christ, and that makes all the difference in the world. The question is, what will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword come to think of it? Will this virus separate us from the love of Christ. As it is written, for your sake, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, in the tribulation, in the distress, in the persecution, in the famine, the nakedness, the peril, the sword, and the virus, In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Him who loves us. You see, he never says, Jesus will get you out of all trouble. No, but he does say he will never leave us. Nothing can ever separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's what I meant this morning when I was trying to give you some advice for Today and tomorrow and the days to come, be calm. If we panic, we're no better than anybody else. Be prepared because we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Be ready to share because there are going to be needy people all around us. And I believe God's going to open up amazing doors. I'm going to predict it right now. Amazing doors of ministry opportunity. There are people out there scared to death tonight of that virus. And I understand that. And some of them, and I think great multitudes, they're not saved yet, but they're going to be saved. God is going to bring them in because as the foundations of the world are being shaken, suddenly God is going to reveal to people the unshakable things which are found in Jesus Christ. So we do not pray, Lord, take us away from this. We do not pray that we should escape this while everybody else suffers. We pray, Lord, no matter what tomorrow comes, give us faith so that we may be more than conquerors through him who loved us. We were made for times like these. We were made for this. We were this, this, These are the days in which a genius would want to live because the the power of character is not formed in good times. 
It's formed in the hard times. So these are our days. Is it enough? That's what the world wants to know. That The world really wants to know that. Is Jesus enough? Is he enough for the problems of life? Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. And the saints across the ages testify that Jesus Christ is enough. So what I'm saying tonight is you can do all things if you rely on Jesus Christ. Not on your own strength, not on your own power, not on your own wisdom, not on your own ability to figure things out. But if you will say, Lord Jesus, today I am relying on you in this moment. I'm relying on you. You can do all things through Christ. One other answer. Can you really do all things? Yes, you can if you start today and don't look back. This is the principle of personal choice. Personal choice. One question. Which way are you going tonight? Back to the past or into the future? I have shared this with you before. I say it unto you again. The first rule of spiritual progress. I can't go back. I can't stay here. I must go forward. We can't go back to relive the past or to correct it. We can't stay here because life is a river that flows ever onward. But one thing we can do is say, Lord Jesus, in your power and by your strength and with your grace, we will go forward into the future. So now let me put all this together. Can you really do all things through Christ. Yes, you can. And look at these principles. Personal desire, divine direction, divine enablement, personal choice. That's interesting to me, the way this thing lays out. First one is personal. The next two are divine. The last one is personal. Perfect balance in this verse. Two depend on you. Two depend on God. Does it depend on you? Yes. Does it depend on God? Yes. Think of the verse this way. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It starts with I. It ends with me. It's got Jesus Christ in the middle. That's good. So let me now boil it down to four simple words. I can through Christ. I can through Christ. Let me explain what I am not saying. I am not saying I can do all things. Those are the words of a boaster. I am not saying I can do some things. Those are the words of a doubter. But I am saying I can do all things through Christ. Those, my friends, are the words of a believer. You can do everything God wants you to do. You can fulfill his will for your life. You can obey every command, endure every trial, overcome every temptation. You can do everything God wants you to do. Today, tomorrow, this week, this month, this year, through Jesus Christ. Maybe you want to make this a little motto. Stick it on your dashboard or on your computer. I can through Christ. That's what Paul is saying. So I was pondering how to finish my talk tonight. And my mind went back. I've only, in, in all the years of my life, I've only heard two sermons on Philippians 4.13. For as famous as this verse is, I've only heard it preached on twice. The first time I ever heard it, I was a student in my first or second year in the mid-70s at Dallas Theological Seminary. And back there, in back in the 70s, we had chapel four days a week. And they had different professors who would come in and preach and visiting people who were passing through town would come and preach. 
And, and I look back on all that now. I have utterly forgotten almost every chapel sermon I ever heard at Dallas Seminary. But I did hear one on Philippians 4.13. It was preached by the man who was then the president of the seminary, Dr. John F. Walver. Dr. Walver, great friend of Word of Life, back in the day, often would come and preach, often up at Scroon Lake. Great, Dr. Walver, to me, I can only say about, from my point of view, taller than me, bigger than me, always in a coat and tie. To me, he was a very impressive and intimidating feature, uh, figure. I mean, I saw him. I mean, he was not the kind of guy that you'd go up and just slap on the back and say, hey, Doc, how you're doing? At least I would never have dared to do that. I, I met him. I talked to him in person. He was as kind as he could be. But he was, he wrote these books of big theology that some of them we still use today. Well, as I was thinking about this, I remembered Dr. Walford preached on Philippians 4.13. And I remember the message primarily because of the way He ended it. He said to us students, I want to read you a story or tell us a story. He said it's one we told to our children. And he proceeded to tell us the story of the little engine that could. It's funny how certain things stick in your mind, right? How they stay there. After all these years, 45, 46 years, whatever it is, uh, I still remember that. So last week, preparing this message, I went back and actually read that story for the first time in probably 60 years. You know the story. The boys and girls in the town on the other side of the big mountain We're waiting for the train to bring them their toys. And that story, by the way, was written during the days of the Great Depression. Here are the toys. Toy animals. A teddy bear. A toy elephant. Dolls. Airplanes. Tops. And jackknives. And food was on the train. Red-cheeked apples. Big golden oranges. Bottles of creamy milk for breakfast. Fresh spinach for their dinners, peppermint drops, and lollipops for dessert. But you remember the story. To get to the town, you had to go up, 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 up the mountain, and then down, 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 down the other side. Not an easy thing to do. And when the train, Filled with the toys for the boys and girls. Came to the last stop before the mountain. The engine broke. What to do? What to do? The engineer went looking for another engine to carry the train with the toys over the mountain to the boys and girls on the other side. So he went to the roundhouse and talked to several engines, but no one was interested. One big shiny engine said he only carried passenger trains. He couldn't be bothered with toys. The big diesel locomotive didn't want to bother with toys either. An old train was there, but he was too tired to try. One by one, all the big engines said no. And at length, they found one little train, a little 
blue engine. And the little blue engine said, what's the matter, my friends? He heard the story and he said, I'm not very big. I've never even been over the mountain, but I'll try. I'll do it. I'll carry the train with the toys over the mountain to the boys and girls on the other side. They said, but you're much too small. And he said, I'm willing to give it a try. So they hooked the little blue engine up to the train with the toys. And that's where the drama begins. You remember how the little engine began to gather steam for the climb up the mountain. Puff, puff, chug, chug, puff, puff, chug, chug, puff, puff, chug, chug. As it gathered speed, the little engine that could began to say to itself, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. And each time a little faster than before, up the mountain it went. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. At last, straining with every ounce of energy, the little blue train cleared the crest and started down the other side. In the distance, the children could see the train coming and they were cheering and waving and dancing with the light. Down the mountain comes the train. Chug, 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 chug 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 with the little engine saying to itself I thought I could I thought I could I thought I could most of you tonight most of us are on the other side of the mountain some of us are facing marital mountains financial mountains career mountains whole bunch of us health mountains Some of you face tasks that are so difficult that it seems impossible. The mountain seems so high, so forbidding. You're tempted to give up without even trying. Look, Philippians 4.13, hook up with Jesus. Hook up with Jesus. He will take you up and over that mountain. When you come to the end of this day, this week, this year, you'll say, I thought I could. Right now, it's only I think I can. But remember, through Jesus Christ, you can. Now, Dr. Walford, when he shared that with us budding seminarians, he said that story is charming and encouraging, but he pointed out it's not entirely biblical. There are two important differences between that story and our text. First, in the story, the little engine said, I think I can. I think I can. But Paul was saying, I know I can. What makes the difference? And this comes to the second difference. The little engine was relying on its own power and its own effort to get over the mountain. But we have available to us the resources of an infinite God. That, my friends, is the difference between I think and I know. Can you really do all things? Through Christ, you can. So, here's the big promise for tonight. Jesus will give you everything you need to do everything he calls you to do. Jesus will give you everything you need to do everything he calls you to do. And in that confidence, let us go forward from this place saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's pray. Lord of all things, help us not to hold back in fear. Help us to trust you more and more and more. Thank you for bringing us to hard places and difficult mountains. Help us to make no excuses. We gladly yield ourselves to you. We ask you 
to make this verse come true for us. May your strength enable us to do more than we think we can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. This podcast is made possible through the support of listeners like you. Come see us on the internet at www.keepbelieving.com. We'd love to hear from you this week. Join us for the next podcast from Keep Believing Ministries.